Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Housing to the Aged Action Group, Hague for short, a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof! We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. That's right. You're listening to Housing for the Age Action Group's show, Raise the Roof. And it is Wednesday and it's just after the federal budget has been announced. So, yes, lots of things to talk about today. Um, We are joined in the studio um, today by a new Housing for the Aged Action Group worker called Dinny. How are you going today, Dinny? Really well, thank you. That's great. Um, So... I asked Dinny to come in today because um, for a couple of reasons. One is that um, we are having our very first interstate worker at HAG. So although we've had a national focus for the last five years, we actually haven't had a worker based in another state. So Dinny's going to be working from, where are you going to be working from? Sydney. Yeah. And which, which suburb of Sydney would be working um, in? Summer Hill. Because I'll be working from home for the most part. Yeah, <laughs> right. Okay. The old COVID. Um, yeah. So having Dinny involved with us is really exciting because um, you've got a background in advocacy. Yes. Yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about how, what sort of work you've been doing in the advocacy space? Sure. So um, my background is in law and I have been doing mostly policy and advocacy for the past six years. And I have worked for a peak body representing people from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds. And I have also worked for a large service provider um, working on a range of policy areas, advocating for people who are experiencing disadvantage. Yeah. And so how did you first come into the housing space? What was your sort of um, your kind of involvement in there? Um, That was essentially through my previous job at Mission Australia. They have uh, a range of housing and homelessness services and are advocating for um, advocating to increase social and affordable housing. Yeah. And you were, um, correct me if I'm wrong, you were involved in the Ageing on the Edge reference group in New South Wales? Yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So in 2017, Mission Australia wrote a position paper on ageing and homelessness, and I was driving that project. And uh, through that project, I got involved with HAG. Um, And when HAG was also writing the report, I was involved in that process as well. Yeah. And then um, there was a coordination group formed for Ageing on the Edge reference group, and I was the representative for Mission Australia on that. Yeah. So who else is involved in that reference group? Uh, Quite a large number of people. So we have representatives from the New South Wales government, uh, the Age Discrimination Commissioner, other service providers, peak bodies, and other individuals with lived experience as well. Yeah. So that... That was an initiative that HAG kind of, kind of yeah, yeah. We, we sort of drove that as one of the first cabs off the rank in the, yeah. in the national project. Yeah. 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 So I guess 
listeners, long-time listeners um, to our show, uh, a lot of them have been politically active in the mm-hmm. past. A lot of them consider themselves to be advocates and mm. activists as well in the in the housing space for older people. Um, and I think for a lot of people, uh, the idea of of what you do as an activist is things like go to parliament mm-hmm. and maybe with a megaphone walk down the street and hold banners and things like that. And, and HAG members have certainly done a lot of that, mm-hmm. done rallying and and done a lot of kind of, you know, that sort of advocacy as well as writing letters mm-hmm. to the paper and all that sort of stuff. So when you think about advocacy and, and what makes change, um, what, what are some of the things that you think have been effective in, in your previous roles? So those things that you mentioned are actually effective, yeah. but COVID being COVID, some of those are not possible anymore. Yeah. But there are other ways of doing things like um, one-on-one meetings with your local MP, um, writing to the local MP about the issues and getting them to flag those issues in their party room, mm. um, and also getting the the broader cross-sector of the community involved in your advocacy because there's strength in numbers. So people with lived experience, other peak bodies, people who have um, a passion for those issues can also come together and do a range of advocacy-related things. And policy is very slow-moving, but there are incremental developments that you can get through, get by sort of combining policy and advocacy as well. Yeah, and so your role, although you'll be based in Sydney, you won't just be focusing on New South Wales. No. Yeah, so do I know we don't have much detail because what are you, how many days have you been working for us so far? (laughs) Eight days. (laughs) Very new. Yeah, Dinny's eight days in and we've we've given her a whirlwind, (laughs) a whirlwind tour of HAG and she's met nearly all of our workers now and, and, um, yeah, we'll have to... Um, have you jump into their next committee of management meeting too so you'll be able to meet them Um, but yeah so it's it's pretty it's going to be a bit of a um, well it's going to be the major focus I guess I think from our perspective at HAG we've been trying to make um, I guess we had a twofold kind of idea of first of all that we wanted to raise awareness Mm -hmm. of the issue for older people and so doing radio shows like 3CR Mm -hmm. on 3CR is really important for that Um, also trying to get other media outlets to talk about older people and homelessness, particularly older women mm-hmm. um, and and what, what the reality is for a lot of older people who are the fastest growing group of, mm-hmm. of um, people experiencing homelessness. Um, and I feel that over the last five years, we have had an increase in awareness. Like, Is that your sense yeah. as well? Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely talk about it, but mm. not enough action. Yeah. And so I guess that's what we've experienced too, is that Lots of people seem aware. You hear people talking about older women and homelessness. You see it on the ABC. You read it in, the, you know, the Saturday mm-hmm. paper. Like there's been a bunch of stories come out, um, but we're not actually seeing any decision makers actually do something mm-hmm. about it. So I think the focus with our new four-year project, which is building on the previous Aging on the Edge five-year project, is to really try and get some change. And so that's what Dinny that's what you're going to do, Dini, isn't it? You're going yeah. gonna to make the pollies act. <laughs> yeah, easy peasy. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. yeah. But um, one of the things that is indicative of how little they are doing to address homelessness and older mm-hmm. homelessness was last night's budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what we might do is um, go for a little break and we'll ha- hear some announcements and then we'll come back and Dinny and I will talk about 
the budget, the federal budget that was just released last night by Josh Frydenberg um, and some of the implications for older people, housing and ageing. So be back in one tick. We jail black males in Australia nationally at a rate five times greater than apartheid South Africa jailed black males in 1993. The suicide and self-harm rates are the highest in the world and the life expectancy gap is the biggest in the first world. You know, Australians don't like hearing the truth about how bad things are, but the more we resolve from it, the longer this is going to continue. Black fella, white fella, it doesn't matter what you colour. Mainstream media is not interested in this stuff. It doesn't find space to talk truthfully and deeply about issues that affect all Australians. The only place predominantly you will find that with any real depth is on community radio, and 3CR has been one of the great leaders in that. So if people are wondering where they should spend their hard-earned cash, I would suggest 3CR is a bloody good place to start. What your name is, we got the hand. Lots of changes, we need more brothers. Friends of the Earth Food Co-op is open. Get fresh produce and support local farmers and keep our grassroots community thriving through these unusual times. Organic veggie boxes and click and collect now available. Visit www.foefood.org slash click collect to place your orders. Or pop in store at 312 Smith Street and see how we're adapting with our new physical distancing layout. Shop organic and buy local. Made easy at Friends of the Earth. A proud 3CR supporter. The Black Lives Matter movement is not going away here or overseas. It gives me hope seeing the numbers of people that turn out to these Invasion Day demonstrations in Melbourne. It gives me the understanding that we will win, folks. We will succeed! Subscribe to 3CR in 2021. Feed Radical Radio. Subscribe today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 94198377. Welcome back. You're listening to Raise the Roof, which is 3CR's show about housing issues for older people. And you heard a couple of little announcements there about 3CR. I should have mentioned at the head of the show that we are broadcasting from the lands of the Wurundjeri people and sovereignty has never been ceded. Um, and yes, Black Lives Matter. And that was some great voices there from one of the many rallies that occur to raise awareness um, and call for action. And we've just been talking about calling for action with Ginny um, and hopefully we're going to be able to get some action for older people and housing um, and unfortunately last night's budget 
wasn't a great budget for um, older people in housing. Um, I mean, what were your initial thoughts? I mean, I, I watched Josh Frydenberg's speech in Parliament and then I suffered through a briefing afterwards. Um, so, yeah, what, what, what did you think when you were having a look at Dini? What, what were your first impressions? Well, the funding for ageing and mental health were welcome developments. Mm-hmm. They were were overdue and the government had been indicating that they would invest in those things and the 18 million probably only can go, billion, sorry, can only go so far. Mm. But it was very disappointing that there was absolutely no funding for social and affordable housing. Yeah. Although they recognise that it is an issue, but they also keep pushing it back onto states and yeah. um, it needs immediate action. And mm. without actual housing, you are, there's very little people, you know, older people can do to access some of the aged care supports that are available and funded. Mm, Yeah. They kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. And it seemed to me that they were, um, again, focusing on home ownership as Mm. as the great Australian dream Um, and, you know, putting that sort of funding into, I believe there was some more... Was it two percent deposits for first home buyers, maybe, and then three three percent for single women? I can't remember the exact yeah, something like 2% that. Two percent for single um, single parents, mm-hmm. um, and they guarantee the rest of the eighteen percent. Great initiative, but a lot of people that we represent are experiencing economic disadvantage, can't actually afford any of those options. Yeah, yeah, and zero money. For more investment in, in social housing. Yeah, social and affordable housing. Oh, yeah. It's so depressing. Um, <laughs> given the housing crisis and, and just the numbers of older mm. people that well, we're seeing come through our actual door at HAG, but also the stats federally on, on the numbers, it just seems madness that they're not addressing this issue. Um, slightly better news on the aged care front, though. Yes. Yeah, so um, I guess there was a... I mean, we were anticipating that there would be some money for ageing and aged care with the Royal Commission. So Royal Commission recommended um, that there be something now. Don't quote me on the numbers, but I think it was something along the lines of, was it 300 million? Can you know, do you know? I don't remember the number off yeah. the top of my head as well, but yeah. definitely more than 18 billion. Yeah. So, and that also, we should say, is... New funding, but it's over four years. Yes. Yeah. So let's not get too excited because it really should be every year at Mm. at a minimum. Uh, Again, the focus seemed to be very heavily on residential aged care, um, which has been exposed through the Royal Commission as being an area of um, massive neglect Mm -hmm. and abuse of residents. They did in their budget um, submission talk about respect care and dignity in ageing, which I thought were nice words, but um, we'll see how that actually plays out in in reality, particularly as we know that lots of, uh, the majority of people receiving aged care are not in residential aged yeah. care. They're, it's home care packages for people who are living in their home. And as you alluded to earlier, Dini, it's pretty hard to get home care in the home if you don't have a home. Yeah. Um, fundamental issue with that there. There was, I guess, the little bit that I took out from this that was a positive was that there was an announcement of 500 care finder positions. Mm-hmm. Um, and we run a service navigator pilot, which has been funded f- through um, through a partnership with Coda Australia for the last couple of years. And that's the only one that's focused on um, 
on older people who are at risk of homelessness. So I'm hoping that some of that care finder money, it seemed to me to be sort of saying that we recognise that some people aren't getting mm-hmm. in to the system, that um, we have an expectation that the private sector will sort things out, that, the, that again, mm-hmm. capitalism will step in and fix all the problems for the majority of people. But they did seem to also be saying that there's a gap for a lot of um, people with additional barriers and these care finders will be there for that. Um, yeah, um, the one other thing was the equal remuneration orders. That's the additional funding for homelessness service providers to continue providing services and employ more people. Mm. That funding was guaranteed, which is a huge relief. But then again, that can only go so far without actual physical, social and affordable housing. Yeah. So I guess Wintringham will be pleased about that because they are one of the providers of Mm -hmm. specialist homelessness aged care support. Mm -hmm. So they also are a community housing provider. So they provide housing, but they also provide that wraparound support. So I'm sure Brian will be stoked when he sees that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's good. But yeah, we don't know much about the future of the Assistance with Care and Housing program yet, which is also funded through the Mm -hmm. aged care um, portfolio. It may or may not be included in this Care Finder concept. Um, We don't know what's going to be happening with access Mm -hmm. and support. And access and support is a Victorian only, um, a really great program. Lots of bilingual workers. There's a homelessness specific one too. And they are the people that really, really help older people um, navigate the system and get the supports they need. So no news on on that either. Mm. Um, But yeah, let's let's see what happens in that space. Um, Did you have any other thoughts about the budget and and the kind of tone of it at all? Uh, The other one probably is around income support. Mm. So uh, people who are on job seekers, uh, people over 50 on job seekers saw a $50 increase a fortnight. And that's woefully inadequate. We've known that for a long time. Mm. There are multiple reports highlighting how inadequate that is. Mm. And yeah, we need to see more funding going into income support and uh, Commonwealth rent assistance to make sure people can actually afford to pay their rent, but also eat and pay for their utilities and other expenses. Yeah. And that, I guess that whole discussion about raise the rate has been basically ignored. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's been a long campaign from a lot of different kind of community sector organisations to have a permanent increase to income support. So we're talking about things like Job Seeker, which used to be called New Start, um, the, the disability pension. The pensions are a higher rate. So yeah. it's Job Seeker and other allowances that yeah. people who don't get the pensions receive at the moment. Yeah. And yeah, the, the ask um, from the Raise the Rate campaign has been $184 a fortnight. And we ended up with 25. Mm, It's just pathetic, isn't it? Especially given that when COVID was on, they did actually... They, Double they, the payment. Yeah, they can they can do it if they, if want, they want to. to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess that's the another thing. I mean, to me, I felt like um, it was a bit like being gaslit, actually. Mm. Like <laughs> watching some of that stuff, and it's ironic because that they are going for a gas-led recovery, which we won't we won't even talk about the environment mm. stuff right now. I'm sure there's other shows on 3CR that will be talking about the absolutely pathetic um, lack of investment into mitigating climate, nothing for renewables, a lot for coal, a Mm. lot for gas. Great. Good one. What are they thinking? Um, Anyway, apart from that, um, 
just the way they were talking about because there was a fair bit of talk about family violence and mm. and and it seemed like they were had recognized they had a bit of a public issue with their um, women's issues yes. I guess yeah. and so there seemed to be quite a lot talking about cervical cancer and breast cancer mm. and things like that childcare they seem to think is a women's issue strange <laughs> uh, but then to be sort of saying we're going to be investing in family violence and domestic violence services on the one hand and then still having actual perpetrators in parliament what is going yeah. on <laughs> it's just very strange yeah yeah so, yeah, I guess we will be a bit more of a watch this space with the federal aged care budget. Um, as an organisation, we're still really pushing the expansion of the Assistance with Care and Housing program and we're hoping that the care finders will um, potentially be able to assist with some of that. Um, yeah, I mean, coming from New South Wales, what's your impression of the sort of you know, Victorian house, the Victorian system in terms of these things. It feels like we've got a lot of programs going on that could be replicated. But yeah, what's as a as someone that doesn't live in Victoria, what have you noticed? Um, I think Victoria has done well in some aspects. So there was the five billion investment last year on social and affordable housing, which is amazing if they actually deliver it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like there are so many great programs here that can be replicated. Uh, one is the Home at Last service that mm -hmm. you deliver. Yeah. That we are hoping to get set up in. New South Wales and other states yeah. and so far there has been little government appetite but hopefully we'll be able to change their minds and yeah. get it yeah so you proposed something a similar service um, to what we have in New South Wales as one mm. of the very early kind of asks yeah. for the Aging on the Edge New South Wales reference group, right? It, yeah, it's still an ask. It, yeah. We made a pre-budget submission to New South Wales government. It was in that document. So we've been asking for it for a few years. Yeah. And um, we have an organisation, Happy to Auspice, the, the development and delivery of that service. Yeah. The government needs to come on board and help deliver that service. And they haven't been that keen yet, but hopefully we can change their mind. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's really important because we are the only state that does have a service mm -hmm. like Home at Last, um, which means there's a lot of people out there that are unaware of their housing options mm -hmm. and they don't have, um, they just don't have the kind of one-stop shop that we try to provide yeah. for housing and, and homelessness issues for older people. So... Let's hope we can get one, at least one service in another state at some point. <laughs> yeah, the other shocking thing is um, age of priority for public housing in New South Wales is 80, oh. whereas it's 55 in Victoria. So, yeah, so many issues in different places. So hopefully, uh, 80, it just seems rude, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. when life expectancy is 81 and 84, it just, just doesn't make sense. It does to them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> So, so what do you think, how has government responded when you've taken that particular issue about age eligibility? Um, so far their response has been that if they have other health issues, they'll be captured elsewhere. So they will be prioritised through either mental health or physical health avenues mm -hmm. and they don't need to be um, yeah, in the priority list otherwise. So they have to be basically really sick before they get a house. Your house yeah. is essentially what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, that's no good at all. And, and in terms of... Um, in terms of the New South Wales government, I guess you're thinking about elections and, and when they're coming up and maybe trying to influence around election time. Is that what's going to be part of the plan? Oh, it will be, but the next New South Wales election is in 2023, so oh. we have a fair way to go before we see an election. We'll see a federal election 
next year. Yeah. Um, so there might be an opportunity to move both or either government in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, for sure. So tell us a little bit about how older people with a lived experience participate up there in New South Wales. Like what, what, how does that work for, um, for the group? And, and do you have any ideas on how that might be able to be continued? Yeah, so um, NASH, I forget what the acronym stands for. National Alliance of Seniors for Housing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it, took, it took me a while to remember yeah. it, but I've got it embedded in my head now. Yeah, yeah so uh, we have two members of NASH in oh, the great. New South Wales Aging on the Edge reference group. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are very involved and they come to our meetings every, like we have meetings quarterly and they come into those meetings and um, hopefully going forward when we do advocacy we'll be able to reach to the broader networks but also work with the two members to go into meetings with ministers the shadow ministers and the decision makers yeah so they get to tell their story and it's harder for the government to deny that it's an issue yeah when a person with lived experience is in the room telling their story yeah yeah and have you tried that at all uh, so far no so far we haven't and with covid um there are more Mobility was limited, mm. and yeah, all, with all the restrictions in place, yeah, we haven't had the chance to do it. But hopefully, going forward, we might be able to do more of that. Yeah, yeah, and I believe I haven't actually heard it, but I believe there was an older woman with lived experience who rang up the ABC radio this morning mm. and talked about being one of those hidden homeless. Um, and spoke about her own personal experience on the radio and, and how the lack of housing investment is going to impact her. And I think mm-hmm. um, I'll have to go back and have a have a listen to that one. But I think that's exactly what we would like to be doing mm-hmm. with the NASH more broadly and also with our Victorian people with lived experience. Um, so, yeah, it's all pretty exciting. Um, is there any other things that you think the listener needs to know, Dinny, in terms of either the budget or your role at, um, at HAG, or because co-located in New South Wales, yeah, it's day eight. So day eight. I'm still so getting hard. a handle on the work, but yeah. Uh, yeah, really looking forward to working with all of you and hopefully getting some movement from the government on all these amazing asks that we have that make per- perfect common sense to us, but not to them. So, yeah, moving the government, getting them to get do. Some of the investment that we want them to do would yeah. be really great. Um, investment and support and yeah. recognition of the need. need is, yeah. yeah. So I feel like the need they know, but they just don't do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess if you're a person who is listening to us that is um, potentially at risk of homelessness or experiencing housing stress, so paying all of your job seeker and allowance on rent. Um, if you're over 50 years old, you're welcome to give us a call and we can have a chat about your housing options and potentially find something that may be more appropriate for you. Um, you can call us at the office, our Home at Last team, and the phone number for that is 1300 um, And yeah, we've got a lovely team of intake staff mm-hmm. that are very happy to take your call. Um, If you are a person who has experienced housing stress or experienced homelessness in the past um, and is now living in stable housing um, and wants to talk about their issues, maybe learn how to get on the radio like we are now or um, talk to journalists or talk to politicians um, and and tell your story with support from our team on on and how to make that um, influence that change. We have a peer support... um, 
community education program that's about to be underway and we're looking for new people to be involved in that. Um, so the training for that will be um, supported by two of our workers at HAG. It's funded through the Melbourne Women's Fund, who are a great group of um, local Melbourne-based philanthropists. Um, so, yeah, so if you want to get involved in that, you can call our office and the phone number is 903-9654-7389. Doesn't matter if you don't, um, if you're in a rural area and, you know, because now with COVID, we can do things all differently. Mm-hmm. So that training will be delivered both online and in person at this stage, pending no further outbreaks. Um, so, yeah, if you're interested in either of those two things, please feel free to get in touch. And we're just about out of time, I've noticed. Um, so, yeah, thanks so much for coming in. Dinny, it's been really great to have you. Thank um, you for having me. Yeah, and it's been great to have you actually in the studio and not doing this remotely. Yeah. So community-run media is so important and it's sometimes we forget about it when we're doing our advocacy. So, yeah, it's great that you're here. Um, so next time you're down in Melbourne, we'll have to have to have you come in again. Yes, and hopefully I'll have a positive update next time. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> By the time you come back, you will have changed the entire world. I have, I have no doubt at all. So now we're going to go out with a song um, and that song, what's that song going to be? I think we might do Aretha Franklin. Sounds amazing. Bit of a banger. <laughs> it's called Ain't No Way. So we'll see you in a fortnight's time. See you later.